Well, good morning. Uh, great to have you again here for Church Online, and I hope you are adjusting to this new season. I know uh, every day that goes on, um, there's new adjustments to be made, and um, it's starting to feel a little bit more normal every day that goes by, and I, and I pray and hope that there is a sense of normality and routine, even in the way we gather together for church, um, because that helps us to get into a, a rhythm of connecting with God and connecting with each other, and uh, I really pray that that's um, your experience. And so if you're finding anything hard or you haven't been able to connect in the way you wanted to, if small groups not working for you the way you'd hoped, or um, if you're missing stuff on a Sunday that um, you think we might be able to help with, then please do reach out. Let us know. We're doing uh, our best to, to connect in, in, a, in a lot of different ways, um, but we are learning every week there's something new to learn, and, and, I, and I hope and pray that you... Um, have the patience to, to learn with us and, and give us your feedback as we go. Um, hopefully during the week you would have received an email if you're a regular at Sail Baptist uh, from Lauren about a, a special video we're putting together for next Sunday. Uh, so that's a, a really special moment in the service and, and if you didn't, um, please check your spam folder or, or let us know and we can send it again um, and get those details out for you. But uh, please take the time to, to try to do that uh, with yourself or with your family or whoever's in your household. Uh, that'd be really good. Um, this morning, I wanted to sort of follow on from um, from last week, and last week I talked about this idea of, of having faith and not fear. That um, Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow, but instead to be present in today. And um, I, I want to follow on follow on from last week and, and continue to encourage us in this season. Um, I know that there are days and moments in my own week. Um, of feeling great and like this is okay and we've got this and this is good and there's other moments where I feel flat and defeated and deflated and wondering God where are you in all this and, and what is going on and um, and how do I navigate these uncertain times and so this morning uh, I want to encourage us again to seek God first to seek his kingdom um, to spend more time present with God today than we do worrying about what might happen tomorrow or next week or next month. Um, but, yeah, be present in today. And, and, and because it is um, Palm Sunday, I, I thought it would uh, be great to look at um, the moments before Jesus' death uh, and how the disciples faced uh, an uncertain future. There were some things that they were uh, being told by Jesus that uh, I'm sure in their, in their minds and in their in the reality of what was going on, didn't make a whole lot of sense. They couldn't put it all together. It sort of, it sounded a bit foreign. It sounded, um, it sounded scary. And so I wanted to encourage us around what Jesus gave them, um, the words he spoke to them, and what we can learn from that this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, um, please open them to John 16, uh, 16 to 22. Um, if you're following along online, um, you can change the chat window. Um, to the Bible. If you're finding that people are chatting when they shouldn't be, you shouldn't be talking in church. Um, Tom Poss, I'm looking at you. No, um, but flick it over to the Bible and, and follow along there so you won't be distracted by all the, the smart and witty comments that I'm sure are coming through right now. So John 16, verse 16 to 22. Uh, let me read it to you. I'm reading from the, the New Living Translation this morning. It says, in a little while, you won't see me anymore. But a little while after that, you'll see me again. 
Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me? And I'm going to the Father? And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. And Jesus realised they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said, in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after you will see me again. I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labour. When a child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice, and no one can rob you of that joy. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word, and we thank you that it is alive, it is active, and it's able to speak to us this morning. And God, we pray that that's what happens. God, that we hear your voice right where we are. And God, that we respond with faith and obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. don't know about you, but I am one, uh, I'm someone who loves having control. I love knowing what's um, coming up, especially um, when I'm driving. I, I was thinking about this week, um, you know, when we're facing an uncertain future, uh, um, what analogies could I think of? And, and one of them was, you know, when you're driving in fog and you can't see what's coming and you've got your headlights and you don't know whether to put them on high beam or low beam or fog lamps, it doesn't matter what you do, there's still an inability to see uh, as far down the road as you would like to, to feel safe and secure. Uh, and when you have that fog in front of you, it, you feel a bit tense, you, you concentrate a bit harder and you look a bit uh, more intently at what's coming because you want to make sure that you don't run into something that you could avoid. Or another thing that happens to me, and maybe this doesn't happen to you, but I've got two little boys at home and, and sometimes when I get up in the middle of the night to put one of them back to bed or, or get uh, a midnight snack, um, I'll walk through the house in darkness and, and just hope that there is not a a toy that's been left out that I might trip on, especially one that would have um, some batteries in it and shout something aggressive towards me like um, some of Harrison's superheroes that do that. Um, you know, we like to know what's happening. We like to know what's around the corner. Uh, and we like to have some control. We like to know if things are going to be okay. And I think the disciples find themselves in this moment exactly the same. They want to know what's around the corner. What are you talking about, Jesus? You're talking about these things, and it sounds a bit cryptic, and Jesus always is a bit cryptic, um, but we're not sure exactly what you mean, that you're going to be gone, and then you're going to come back, um, that you're going to leave us, but you, you told us that you won't leave us. Like, what are you talking about, Jesus? This sounds uncertain. This sounds uncertain, and, and it sounds like we're going to lose a little bit of control over knowing what's coming in the future. And so I want us to think um, and imagine what it was like for those disciples on this night before Jesus' crucifixion. It's hard to imagine what it must have felt like for the disciples to sit with Jesus. And they've been so close with Jesus for the last three years. And here Jesus is sitting with them and he's saying, I'm, I'm about to leave. I'm about to go somewhere. But don't worry, I'm going to come back. And that the disciples, I imagine, would have felt somewhat stressed, anxious, worried, maybe losing sleep that night, or obviously in the Garden of Gethsemane, that wasn't too hard for them. They slept very um, soundly. But I imagine there was a, 
some anxiousness or worry about the uncertainty of what tomorrow would bring. And here is Jesus the night before talking to his disciples about, was, about what was going to happen and they, they sort of get it but I don't think they really understand what's going on. They couldn't. They couldn't understand the weight of what Jesus was saying. Let's read again verse 16 of um, John 16. In a little while you won't see me anymore but a little while after that you'll see me again. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean when he says, in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I'm going to the Father? And what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. All these things that Jesus just spoke, apparently, they didn't understand. What does it mean? What could it mean? And so here's Jesus. He's the one that's about to be crucified. He's the one that knows um, somewhat what's about to happen to him, but he's the one that's so calm so collected, so controlled, so confident in his future, in the uncertainty of tomorrow. And remember, at this point, Jesus is 100% human. He's 100% like you and I, human. And so he's got these feelings of anxiety and stress and worry. And it's, and it's evident by, um, you know, you read the account of the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is sweating, drops of blood. The stress and the, the, the toll that it's taking on his emotions and his body is, is real. It's there, but at the same time, he finds himself with control and calm and confidence and this joy that he seems to carry. And there's something about Jesus when he finds himself in situations that would call for stress or panic. I think of uh, Luke 8, when Jesus is in the boat and his disciples are there and they face a storm and, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. You can read this story in Luke 8. And and the disciples go and wake Jesus and they are in a panic. They, and they are in a worry. They wake Jesus up and he is just so calm. He speaks to the waves and says, be still. And the, the storm uh, goes away. But again, in the middle of a storm, Jesus is so calm that he is asleep. So at peace that he is rested. And now, I don't know about you, but I've found myself more tired than ever before over the last couple of weeks. The anxiety and the stress and the worry causes us uh, emotionally to get tired. Um, but with all that tiredness, sometimes it's even hard to sleep because of the things you're thinking about. But Jesus is having no problems sleeping, no problems being controlled. Jesus is in situations where he could rightly be uncontrolled, where he could rightly be worried or stressed. But he's not. And I think we can learn something from him. I think we can learn something from the way he operates and the words that he speaks. The disciples are getting worried. The disciples are getting anxious. They're uncertain about the future. And they need to know what's happening. What do you mean, Jesus? And Jesus wants to teach them something about joy. He uses this idea of joy, I think, very intently to signify the importance of what we um, gain our trust and our certainty and our joy and our um, encouragement from. He wants them to understand that joy is not meant to be found in a situation, but in a person and a promise. The person being Jesus and the promise being he will defeat death and secure eternity for us. Jesus has an uncertain future, but in his humanity, he wasn't sure. and He knew that what was coming was at least not going to be pleasant. He knew it wasn't going to be anything good. It wasn't riches. It wasn't comfort. It wasn't anything like he had ever known before, but somehow he knew joy in the midst of it. 
He knew joy was a possibility and joy was a certainty in an uncertain future. And he promised the same joy to his disciples. And this is the key verse I want to focus in on this morning. In John 16, 22, he says, You have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that joy. No one can rob you of that joy. And so this morning, I want to quickly just encourage you around three joys. Three joys. And they all start with I. The first being infinite joy. Infinite joy. This joy that lasts forever. No one can rob you of it. This joy that lasts forever. And, and when I think of a joy that lasts forever, it tells me two things. It tells me two things. It tells me that the source of the joy must last forever. Whatever we find our joy in, if it's going to last forever, that thing has to last forever. And of course we know that Jesus, even though he was about to die that next day and have his life literally end, he was going to come back to life. It wasn't the end. He would come back from death and live forever. And so when our joy is in something that's not eternal, that's something that can be taken or something that can vanish, something that can run out, that joy can't last forever. But when it's found in something that is eternal, when it's found in Jesus, it can last forever, it can be infinite. And maybe we've discovered during this season um, areas of our life where our joy has been in things that maybe it shouldn't have been, things that have been taken from us, things that have been um, ripped away from us or the, the regulations have stopped us being able to do. And so I want to encourage us again to come back to, to what is most important and to come back to where real uh, everlasting joy can come from, and that is in Jesus. Jesus gives us this guarantee that joy will last forever. It can never be taken because he knows something that the disciples don't know. He will not stay in the grave. Death won't keep him down, and Jesus has the last word. Jesus lives, and he lives forever. And that is something to be excited about. That is something to get joyful about. So the source of our joy lasts forever. And the other thing that um, if, we have, if we're to have joy that, that does last forever, it means that we last forever. It means that we don't die. If our joy is going to last forever, that means that the source of it must last, but it also means that we last forever, that we don't have a limit on joy due to our lifespan. We, um, because Jesus defeated death on the cross and was raised to life forever, we have the same life with Jesus forever. Jesus says in, in John 14, we looked at last week, that he is going to heaven. He is going away so that he could prepare a place for us. And that place is not a temporary place, but it is an everlasting place. Think about this, joy forever. Guaranteed joy forever. That is what Jesus promises. He promises that as we find it in him and as we live forever, we will have an infinite joy, a joy that never runs out, that never ends. The second joy that Jesus promises is this irrevocable joy, a joy that cannot be taken. He is this word, it won't be robbed from you. And in this season again, in, in this COVID-19 season, so much has been lost. Businesses, lifelong works and dreams have been pulled apart, all because of a bat in China. Something so insignificant, something so small, something so that we would never have thought about before. And it just shows to me how fragile all of these things on earth are. That something so insignificant could derail so much 
on this earth. So much of what we find our joy in is so fragile and so much more fragile than we could ever understand. And maybe we're starting to understand how fragile it is. And Jesus here, in this interaction with the disciples, he's about to die. And surely there's nothing more threatening than death. But he says that nothing can rob you of this joy, not even Jesus' death. Because when our joy is found in Jesus, it can never be taken from us. Nothing can take it away. Not our death, not Jesus' death, because we are raised to life again with him. It is found in something that is not temporary. Like we talked about last week, it's not found in our employment, in objects, in homes and experiences, which are here today and gone tomorrow, but in the everlasting, never-ending person of Jesus Christ. Irrevocable joy. It cannot be taken from you. And the last one is this, that it's immediate and imminent joy. This joy is not just for some distant future time, although it is for the distant future. It's also for our joy today. It's for right now. You know, when Jesus was facing this cross, in Hebrews, the writer tells us, from the second half of verse 1 and verse 2, he says, Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So here Jesus, we find, in the middle of what was happening, had joy before him. Joy right there in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of going to the cross, there was joy right there and then. He wasn't having a good experience. The situation wasn't good. The circumstance was no good. But he found joy in the middle of it. There was joy in the midst of it because his joy was in a person and a promise. His joy was in knowing that you would come to know him. His joy was knowing that through the cross, reconciliation between him and his creation would come together. And in knowing that you and I would be with him forever. There was a promise that through the death of, of himself on the cross, reconciliation would last for all eternity. And so there was joy in the middle of it. And there was a joy to come. Eternity without sin and without, um, without death. It was dealt with once and for all. And you know what? I believe that we can have the same joy in the midst of hard times, in the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of painful times, in the midst of uncertainty, we can have certain joy because our joy is in a person and a promise. It's in Jesus and the eternity that he's secured for us. We can be confident like Jesus was. We can be controlled. We can be calm. We can be rested. We can be at peace because of this certain joy because it is found in something that cannot be taken away. And certainty, it's something that we all want. It's something that we all desire, this sense of control. What can I be sure about tomorrow? And this is one thing that we can be sure about tomorrow, that we can find our joy in Jesus still, and that we can be um, certain that we will find our joy in him forever, for all eternity. We can be certain of this, joy, the joy that Jesus gives, infinite joy, the source of our joy, along with God's children, will last forever. Irrevocable joy. It cannot be taken away. It's not fragile. Immediate and imminent joy. 
Our joy is here and it's coming in the future. In the middle of pain, there is joy because the pain lasts a moment, but Jesus lasts forever. You know, Jesus goes on after this passage in John 16 and the next couple of verses, and he says, at that time, in verse 23, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant you your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Right there is the promise that Jesus will give joy, and he tells us how to get it. All we need to do is ask. All we need to do is turn to the Father and say, in Jesus' name, give me the joy that you promise. You promised to give me joy. I pray that you would. And so I want to lead us now in a time of prayer. Maybe you find yourself um, without much joy in your life or without much certainty. And I want to pray and, and hold God to his promise in his word here that he will give us abundant joy, that we will receive when we ask in Jesus' name this joy that will last forever. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he died the death that we should have died on a cross. We thank you that he dealt with death, with sickness, with pain, with sin, once and for all, so that we could know you, so that we could know joy, so that we could live forever with you. And God, this morning I pray for those of us who have our joy misplaced, for those of us who have, who have been clinging to things that are fragile on this earth, that can be taken from us. And God, this morning we choose to reorientate our heart and our spirit, our mind towards you and to cling to Jesus. God, we ask you for this abundant joy which you promise. We ask it in Jesus' name. And God, we know that you hear our prayers, you answer our prayers. And so God, we pray that this morning. And we pray in the powerful, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks again so much for joining us online, um, church today. It's, it's really great to have you, and I pray that you would stick around, um, say hello in the comments. One of the reasons that we really encourage everyone to say hello in the comments is because there's no way of knowing um, who is watching. Uh, we don't get a report of um, of which household is, is turning up for church. And so one of the ways we want to pastorally care for, for our entire family at the moment is just by knowing who's, who's tuning in and who's watching. So even if it's just a quick hello, um, it just helps us to know that you're, you're here, that you've been watching, that you're connecting, um, so that we don't spend all our time trying to follow up people that are connecting well. So at least make sure you say hello each Sunday morning and, and just let us know that you're here. Um, so we can continue to care for those that maybe are, are being left behind a little bit during this season. Um, but I'm going to continue to pray for you during the week and, and I pray that you would continue to pray for each other and reach out to each other. Also, don't forget that uh, the next service that we're having together is Friday in five days' time. Say it with me, five days' time. Kids, shout in your parents' ear, five days' time at 9am. We're going to be getting together for Good Friday. It's going to be a shorter service. Um, but we're going to have communion together. Warren's going to be preaching. Uh, it's going to be a great time together. And then Easter Sunday, 10 o'clock, we're going to aim to make that a special experience um, and one that you could share the link for with your friends and, and invite people to a virtual church service online. It doesn't get much easier um, than that. So I encourage you to make um, Easter special this year, um, even if it is in your own homes. 
uh, and join us for Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We'll see you then.